After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Tim, we made it. We made it to Thursday. How are you? This is it. I'm good. I'm a little tired, but um, but I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Not bad. Uh, I'm energized. I'm excited. Uh, nice. Only one more day oh. after this, and then you have the your Mickey, weekend. You have your Mickey shirt on today. Oh, very cute. 2024. Well, I heard. <laughs> you know, I, I was watching the Mark Thompson show as I yeah. want to do, and I heard there would be back pay. Oh. And I, I was think... a cast member. No. No. You Does this doesn't apply to people who work. No. For Mickey Sorry, in no. the past? No. Get nothing. Nothing. Uh, well, Wes is, uh, he says he's drinking today. He's uh, he's going to imbibe as he uh, watches the uh, After Party Live. So Awesome. Welcome to the party, I, Wes, and thanks uh, for the tequila five Tequila shots for uh, Wes and everyone else who wants one. Awesome. What is that? What does it say? Tarto? Uh, it's Don Tadeo. Uh, okay. De Almendra. It's Hecho a pretty bottle. Mexico. Yeah, yeah, it's not mine. Nice. It was my roommate's. But you know what? Oh. Sometimes you need a prop, so you steal it. <laughs> Wes for $5 with a super sticker starting Whoa. us off. Whoa. And Harry as well. Happy yes. Friday Eve. Yes, happy Friday Eve to you. And it is time for the party. Thank you for being here. Take a big breath in and a big breath out. And we are at the relaxing portion of the afternoon. Um I, I just am so grateful for you guys being here and hanging out with us. Thank you for that. Thank you for the super stickers. And find our PayPal link at, uh, in the show description here on YouTube. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here it all is. Um, if you could click like and subscribe, that would be great. And those are free ways to help us out as well. So, uh, yes, thank you for all the ways you support us. All right, let's jump into it. Because apparently... If you want to poach Dungeness Crab, what better way to have a, a getaway car than a Lyft or an Uber? And I guess that's what? what's happening. Oh, look at those little crabby faces. No. Yeah, I guess there's all of these secluded beaches along the San Mateo County coastline. And so people are calling an Uber or calling a Lyft and saying, take me to whatever cove collecting a bunch of Dungeness crab illegally and then hopping back in and, and off they go. They've the San Mateo County authorities have cited hundreds of people for doing this. Really? So, Come on, dude. Isn't Dudes. that weird? Dudettes. I mean, if I'm going to steal something, I don't know if I'm thinking of, I want another witness in the Uber driver. And it's tracked. Yeah. And they can get a court order. It has your mm. name tied to it. Probably That's not the best dumb. move. Yeah. I mean, First of all, why poach anyway? Just go buy the crab. But whatever. Yeah. It's no, weird. No, 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 no. People are weird. Let's um, go to a happy animal story. Let's do it because, the, well, I don't know how happy this is if you're a windsurfer, right? Like one moment you're surfing along, you're having the best time. Then the next minute, whammo, you versus a whale. Let's take a look. Yeah, at the but video. I think the reason why he's happy is because he got it on video. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, it's not what he expected. Check this out. So he collides with a humpback whale. There, there's a still shot. I'm gonna let it play because you'll see at the end. Listen right at the end here. Thank you. 
Here it comes. <laughs> S word. I just got hit by a whale. Oh my and, god! Um, the funny thing is, he didn't think that his GoPro was recording. Yeah. And so, uh, and it was funny because all the people on the beach wouldn't have. Uh, there was one guy who was filming him, but he said all these other people on the beach wouldn't have believed him unless he had that video, which he did, which is that pretty is crazy. Crazy. And I mean, there's nothing you can do to prevent that. How do you know when a humpback's going to leap out of the sea? Yeah, they don't Wild. really uh, ring the doorbell. I mean, you're in their no. house, so. Um, oh, but that man. that's wing foiling, uh, which is uh, interesting. Another another uh, version of uh, what do they call the regular? Like Wind there's surfing? kite surfing. Oh yeah. And this is like wing foiling. It's like a wing. Interesting. Know. Yeah, I I'm not yeah. down for that. I'll let no. I'll watch from the uh, beach. I'll watch people get hit by humpback whales. I've seen humpback whales come up underneath kayaks. Like and take out a kayak, but never. Yeah, that's weird. That's a the whatever foil surfing, kite surfing. That's weird. Yeah, wing, wing. wing What an experience. Uh, Sounds like something that um, Mark Mark Zuckerberg would be doing. Yeah, an extreme uh, sport. Yeah, with a lot of white Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) cream on his face. You make fun of his whiteness. Don't do that. No, no, it's not his whiteness. (laughs) He he put so much sunscreen on his face. He like shellacked it. Like he painted it. You have to make fun of somebody for that. It doesn't matter. Oh. It's, it's nothing to do with their skin color. Well, all right. Um, let's go to Australia. We're already in Australia. We are? Let's go down the coast. Let's take a look at this uh, highway where I guess there was a giraffe that was being carried down the roadway. And he's just peeking out of a, an oversized trailer on the highway. Drivers on the Hume Highway south of Sydney were calling into morning radio shows to say, there's a giraffe looking out from the window at the back of this there's trailer. There's a giraffe. There's a giraffe yeah. in the freeway. <laughs> They're popping his head that. right out. Big smile. Uh, the giraffe turned out to have been traveling from the Australia Zoo in Queensland to the Werribee Open Range Zoo in Victoria. And they yeah. were uh, taking Southbound. it there to join a bachelor's herd. But that's quite a sight on the freeway to see a that. A bachelor's one. herd. That sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. That's, you know, it's a big party. Yeah. I love the, the quotes they had in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the article. It was popping its head out. It had a big smile. pretty funny i'm sure um yeah let's go from that uh to a we're back in the united states here and uh we have another video this is a deer deer that interrupts high school soccer game in pennsylvania are you ready for this just wants to play yeah just wants to play wants a chance put me in coach (laughs) 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 so you got the deer running across everyone kind of just freezes Look usually at the kids the, trying to get out of the deer's way. Yeah, usually it's the deer that frees, but in this case, all the players just froze. And there you have the deer um, heading back towards the trees where he's probably at his, he or she is at its happiest. Touchdown. Uh, it's like, bye. Touchdown. See you later. Yeah, that's pretty funny. In. Yeah, pretty funny. Uh, there's this other story that I just threw in here uh, for you. I thought Thank you would appreciate you. this. I love this. <laughs> You know, we all have uh, an experience with a house guest. In this case, they're the kids that won't leave. This yeah. Italian woman has won a court case so that she can evict her sons. They are aged 40 and 42. Come on. Now, now. it's Italy where it is common for is it? men under the age of 35 to still live at home. Really? 
Yeah. If they're not married or if they are married, too. If they're, I mean, if they're not married, I, I, okay. I presume. Otherwise, that might I get thought, awkward. Wasn't there a movie about that? Failure to thrive? Like, go off and live your life, people. Failure to launch. No, this is a cultural thing. In there, yeah. they're, they're in Italy, it's it, like the whole mama's boy thing. It comes from a real thing where men live yeah. with their mothers. Um, well, this is a woman who's 75, and she is from the northern city of Pavia. And she says she is tired of having to maintain her 40 and 42-year-old sons. She has tried to convince them on several occasions to find a more autonomous living arrangement. Uh, Each of them has a job, but neither wanted to know, neither of them wanted to know, she said, that she wanted them to leave. Mother's so annoyed, her sons don't contribute to the household expenses or the chores, so she took him to court. What else are you going to do? And so the Pavia judge sympathized with her plight, issued an eviction order against both men. Uh, they said originally the men living at home was still warranted because of the obligation of the parent to provide maintenance, but it was no longer justifiable given provide the fact maintenance. they are over 40 years old. Wait, and provide so, maintenance like there's an extended warranty on their child? I guess so. I guess maybe under 40, you're, you don't, you can't let them be homeless? That's the way it works in Italy? I don't know. But they're over 40, and now they have until December 18th to get the hell out, move out on their own. The funniest part of this story is they actually have a word for this problem. These, these guys are called bambachoni. Bambachoni. And here's a picture of a bambachoni. Bambachoni. It basically means like, uh, I think it means big baby. Man baby. Yeah, it's like a man baby, a big baby, a (laughs) bambachoni. Bambachoni. Well, it's interesting because you're right. It does look cultural. About 70% of people in Italy between the ages of 18 and 34 still live at home with their parents. 72% uh, of them are men. 66% of them are women. Yeah. So well, you're, if you're getting all that really good Italian food at home, it must be very difficult to move out, especially if you can't cook. Uh, let's uh, move north cultures, to Austria. Okay, let's do it. In some cultures, what? I was just going to say it's you know they have multi generational living, and that's oh, normal. Yeah. You know, yeah, here in America, it's like too. you have one generation and yeah, move out. Yeah, and move out, and that's it. So I think it's interesting for us to look at that and think, oh, and but for people in Italy, that might just yeah. be completely. These are normal cultural to differences. Them. That's the, one yeah. of the nice things about traveling the world is you learn that you know there's different yeah. ways of doing things. It's true. And there's benefits to having multiple multiple generations. You would have a built-in babysitter, you know, but or I guess you, you imagine do. being you did. 42 and still expecting financial support from your parents. No, but it's a wild idea. It just it might, might work. Just work. Yeah. I'm gonna go next door and tell my mom I'm moving in. Yeah. Well, you kind open of up that. the you, open the door, Bev. You have like home. the smart version of that, where there was actual distance. Yeah. So that Each, your everybody has their own space to. So be. your husband doesn't lose his mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Maybe only just a little bit. He loses. Okay, it. up to Austria. Arnold, back in the news. Oh, Arnold. This is crazy. Of course, he thinks he would make a great president, but since he can't, he's hoping for some young blood. That's right. He wants young blood in the U.S. election. Um, he, he of course, is not a natural-born citizen, and he hails from Austria. And so he said in an interview with the BBC, he thinks he'd be a good fit. I feel like I'd make a great president, he said, adding that everything I've accomplished was because of America. America gave me so many opportunities, and the American people were so embracive um, that they just received me with open arms. There was no one there that stopped me from my success. Uh, so the only thing that I can't do, which is run for president, I'm not going to complain about that, he continued, going on to admit that it would be a little selfish if I go out there and try to change the law. 
Uh, however, the Terminator and Conan the Barbarian star who is putting out a new self-help book, because why not, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Arnold, the new Oprah. Uh, he did have some thoughts about the upcoming election, uh, which could potentially be another showdown between Biden and Trump. Uh, but besides uh, them already having served presidential terms, Schwarzenegger pointed out that they're both too old for the job. I just hope that America finds some really young blood, because to me, it is a little bit odd that we have a battle between people today in their late 70s and early 80s, mm-hmm. rather than people in their 40s and 50s, or maybe even younger, and have them have a chance at this great, great job. So, of course, a look out for my former boss's uh, new book, Be Useful, Seven Tools for Life. <laughs> <laughs> available now wherever books are sold buy it buy it now uh this next story is about the coolest neighborhoods and there was a survey done you know they look at all the different things that yeah um, the survey make, people make a neighborhood kind of cool and the world's coolest neighborhoods for 2023 this is the very 2023 top one. 2023 it is Laurelis in Medellin, Okay. Uh, and that is the world's coolest neighborhood for 2023. They're in so the that's stadium? That's pretty cool. We'll do that. Yeah, there's, that's the, it's part of the coolness factor of it all. Um, number two is Smithfield in Dublin, Ireland. Of course, we have to see a picture of the uh, of the pubs there. But Smithfield in Dublin, Ireland is number two. Wes, if you uh, haven't been, it's a great place to drink. It's fun. <laughs> number three is Carabanchel <laughs> in Madrid, Spain. I haven't been there. That's kind of pretty. Look at that building. Yeah, uh, that's the third coolest neighborhood. Looks a like proper, a cube. It's a proper working class area outside Madrid's Ring Road. Uh, number four is Havnen in Copenhagen, Denmark. Oh, yeah. That's kind of cool. Look at that. You can jump right off the uh, the old ship there. Copenhagen just... is very fun. Yeah. Very expensive. Yeah. I they recommended five stars. They call the harbor the city's living room. It's the place the city comes to play. On boats and floating rafts and paddle boards. That's Havnen in Copenhagen. And, and if you go there, you can see the uh, Little Mermaid statue that they have. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Number five is uh, Shuang Wan in Hong Kong. Didn't, so, I did go to Hong Kong, but I didn't know the neighborhood. So, of course, I didn't go there. So, one of uh, the Bay Area neighborhoods uh, made the 40 coolest neighborhoods. Yeah, I don't know. Mark me down as like, what? Seriously? It's the Richmond District in San Francisco. Mm. Mm, yes, it is. And this is Sorry. from, no. Uh, no, according no. to Time Out, which is a global Time Out, Time Out. travel <laughs> publication. And they are loving the Richmond District <sighs> as one of the 40 wait, wait, coolest wait, 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 neighborhoods wait, wait. in the world. How did they get there? They asked 12,000 readers to identify top neighborhoods in their cities. Then they had editors and travel experts determine the cream of the crop. They looked at community and social ventures, access to open and green space, and thriving street life. And what they said about the Richmond, they mean cool temperature-wise? No, they don't. What they said is that it's low-key, it's a largely residential neighborhood in a city known for its eccentricities. So the Richmond is the uh, is the twenty seventh coolest neighborhood in the world. Twenty seven. I did no. I'm sorry. Like I'm not saying it's a horrible neighborhood, but it's very it's residential. It's very sleepy, especially post COVID. Like there's not much going on. I, yeah, 
uh sandy says it has a bunch of irish pubs a lot of i mean a lot of neighborhoods they got a lot of pubs all the offerings in san francisco like trader sam's is out there in the richmond but that doesn't make the entire district cool like they have all all the the restaurants on clement you think the richmond is the coolest neighborhood golden gate park I mean, come on. It's good times. Well, the out Richmond, there they're the talking Richmond. about they're talking about, I think, the inner Richmond, not out there. But mm. it, go go take a look around the rest of the city if you think that's the coolest part. And and mm. and then make make up your own mind. Okay. All no, right. no, 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 no. Well, take me to another cool place, why don't you? What kind of clown news is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's the HOV clown news. Okay, uh, let's go across the pond uh, yeah. over to England, jolly old England. Check this out. I didn't know they had pyramids there. Yeah, this is uh, this is actually Scotland because it's Balmoral, the uh, you know the royal uh, mm-hmm. hideout up there, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. King Charles Balmoral Estate. Um, Scotland is best known for its rolling landscapes, enchanting castles, and whiskey. But did you know another good place to drink? Did you know that it also has its own <laughs> pyramid? You may no. have seen the pyramids of Giza in Egypt, but it turns out you can visit an impressive example at King Charles's estate. And I have some more photos here. I don't That's think you can it. really get onto the Balmoral estate well, good to luck. see it, can I mean, you? Yeah. You could try. Maybe fly over. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a carn. I think I'm saying that right. A carn, a Gaelic term for a structure made from stacked stones. And they've been seen around the world since prehistoric times as burial sites, memorials, and landmarks. This is Prince Albert's cairn. And it's a memorial site dedicated to uh, Queen Victoria's husband. So she had it built like right after he passed away. Oh, interesting. And uh, there, there they are, the yeah. happy couple. Uh, well, they were happy until they weren't happy, and then they were... I think she always really adored him, right? Yeah, That's they the had about. quite a love story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he, um, died, so, he died young. Yeah. yeah. It's fast and, uh, fast and furious. Balmoral actually has 11 <laughs> cairns to discover, but Prince Albert's site is the most famous, of course. Breathtaking views across the stunning national park there, which is the largest national park in the United Kingdom. Oh. Um, pretty cool. It's granite made. It was erected in 1862. And it measures 41 feet by 41 feet at the base. So. Wow. Cool. Yeah. It's a national park. So I guess you can go up there. All right. Yeah. This is cool. not something I would ever, ever, ever do. I can't imagine something so miserable. There was a hiker in California that had to be rescued by helicopter from a cave. A cave so narrow that you can't even turn your head. Well, it's beautiful, though. Yeah, but you don't want to be stuck in the cave. She was stuck there for 16 hours. This according to uh, the San Diego County Sheriff's Department. The woman was exploring a cave in an area known as Thunder Canyon Caves, about 65 miles east of San Diego, when she tried to pass through an opening that was just 12 inches wide. Her friends tried to free her, get her out. They were unsuccessful. They had to call 911. The emergency folks came out. They brought the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Office, too. They always seem to come when it's a big deal, right? Uh, And they had a volunteer cave rescue team working overnight, inching through that cave, trying to reach this woman. She was 100 feet underground. The uh, San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department technical rescue team said, you find yourself stuck between a rock and a hard place or two walls of the cave where it's so tight you can't even turn your head to the side. The trapped hiker wasn't panicked. I would have been freaking out. Uh, Her getting stuck was the result of a series of small mistakes even the most experienced hiker could make. 
So the morning after emergency crews arrived, they finally got her out and brought her to an ambulance. She was treated for exhaustion, some scrapes and bruises that she uh, suffered during this whole experience. The They say it takes hours to hike into these caves, and rescuers had to inch their way into very narrow passages, slowly passing along their gear and equipment to the next person. They checked on the patient, kept her warm with blankets to prevent hypothermia, and she's going to be okay. But this is not the first cave rescue they've had to make here uh, this year alone. But can you imagine 16 hours being stuck in a place where you can't even turn your head? It's that tight. Ooh. I mean, if you if you had that view, it would be one thing. But it doesn't. It doesn't you're sound underground. Like she had that view. You're a, yeah. You're a hundred feet underground, stuck. No, 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 no. This is why you don't go into like Wes says. If you have to squeeze in, don't. Don't. Yeah. Don't. Don't. If you think, am I going to fit in there? Don't go. Don't even try. Don't do it. Mm-mm. I agree no, with Wes. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. I lived in San Diego, and you know what? I never thought, hey, let me do that. <laughs> I barely went. I, I, I don't even think I went to Mexico the last time I lived uh, in San Diego. Because I'm like, you know, yeah. it's not worth it at this point. Uh, I'm not going to a border town where people disappear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and who pays for it, right? Uh you know, I'm tired of I'm tired of rescuing people for doing stupid things. Um, but here's a thing that's pretty cool. Uh, check this out. Uh, I know we're all uh, interested in the cosmos. There is a mystery devil comet, possibly the size of Manhattan, approaching mm. Earth. Uh, this is nicknamed the Devil Comet, and it's charging towards Earth after an erratic outburst earlier this year. Sounds like one of your kids. So you can yes, you can see that. Um, the two tails coming off the back. Yeah, and this and is not an actual photo. This is an, an artist's rendition of what it looks like. They say it's, it's it, something happened where it split, and so now the gases shoot out from two areas, and the two sprays make it look like horns. And so that's why they call it the Devil Comet. Yeah, it, de- it definitely sounds like a devil child. The comet, yeah, officially yeah. named 12P slash Ponds hyphen Brooks. They always give them the sexiest names has fascinated astronomers for centuries and will be visible from Earth in April of next year for the first time in 71 years. It was first discovered in 1812, and this will be the fourth time coming around. It doesn't get around very often. No. (laughs) These are astronomers at the University of Maryland who are studying them, and they said, in addition, some astronomers were able to establish the observational record all the way back to 1385. So this comet is among the very few comets that have been observed for that long. The exact size is difficult to predict, um, but it is on the larger end as far as comets go. Most comets that we know about are one to maybe a few kilometers in size, but we only have a very rough idea of the size of this comet. Uh, Maybe five kilometers, 10 kilometers, or 20 kilometers are all the likely numbers. That means that the comet could be up to twice the size of Mount Everest or the length of Manhattan. That's kind of a big deal. But the Earth isn't at risk, right? It's not yeah. like headed our way and like going to whack into us. Yet. <laughs> Yet. Okay. Dun, dun, well, dun. But you know what? It'll come around. Keep come your around eye again. on the devil comet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go. How about you Pretty take cool. me to Disneyland? Let's go to the first fully themed Pixar hotel in the United States. It opens at Disneyland later this month. Yeah. We're kind of jumping all over the place here. Dixie. I thought this was the next one. No? No. All over the world. I mean. Oh, Yeah. It's Disney's Paradise Pier Hotel that has been transformed into the Pixar Place Hotel. It is 
really cool looking. It is uh, at the Disneyland Resort. It's going to open this winter, they think January. Oh, so they're already and, building it. Yeah, oh, it's almost done. It's going to open in January. And they are now sharing some of the details about what you can find here. Some of the amenities. They've got an exclusive water play area that's Finding Nemo themed. They have restaurants coming in. Um, overnight guests, yes, will find access to the new Finding Nemo-inspired water play area, which has a 186-foot-long water slide and a splash pad. I mean, look at that. That looks pretty fun. They've got a family play court at the pool deck area that will have uh, interactive games and free play uh, inspired by films like Bow and La Luna for the birds and Burrow. A lot of those are shorts, but really, really creative. The hotel will be home to a new restaurant, The Great Maple, which will serve upscale comfort food like the buttermilk fried chicken and maple bacon donuts and Cajun shrimp. Mm. Guests can also enjoy food and drinks while sitting under blue umbrellas from the Blue Umbrella or watch the Disneyland fireworks show. I haven't seen the Blue Oh, I think it's a short, the Blue Umbrella. Yeah, that's fun. I haven't heard uh, they have art it's if you if do you have disney plus we do but we also have like seven different streaming services so if you go to disney plus they watch. have they have shorts and they're not okay. very long they're like maybe is that why they're called in shorts? some cases 10 well they're yeah but they're like a 10 minute long thing and the videos yeah. are really clever yeah and they're oh, worth cool. it even if you're a grown-up they're worth it they have art in the hotel lobby they have inside out cars will be shown in the lobby. It's going to be. Yeah, look at that. That looks so really do you think fun. this is going to be more uh, successful than the uh, Star Wars hotel bunk situation? I think so. Absolutely. Well, also, there's a lot more hotels in Florida in uh, Disneyland. There's three Disney themed hotels. So now you have Pixar Place or Pixar Lobby or Pixar. What is it called? Pixar Hotel? Pixar Place? Yeah, Pixar Place Hotel. I was almost there. You have Pixar Place Hotel, you have the Grand Californian, and then you have the Disneyland Hotel. And they're always booked up and they're always really expensive. What they didn't share, they shared all the information and pictures about what it's going to look like. They didn't share the price point. So it's usually... Oh, boy. There's. We were thinking of maybe for Thanksgiving week that when the kids are off going to Disneyland. But it's the hotels there it's 900 how much money do you have kim oh, it's 900 dollars a night to stay at the grand californian so that's out Jesus. it's about 765 to stay at the disneyland hotel Wait, for all so, of you no just for one room yeah, for, yeah so yeah, that's for out for one for one night yeah so and that doesn't include the cost of tickets i don't and and the uh paradise pier is being turned into the pixar place so that's closed for now but people stay there and people pay those big prices. So we'll if see. If you're going to pay those big prices, wait for the whole thing to open. Paradise Pier has, has always been the cheapest of the three. But now that it's renovated into something really cool and people are going to want to stay there at the new place, it's probably going to be really expensive. So, Yeah, mark, mark me out. Um, I'm not getting that room for myself. No. <laughs> nope, too okay. expensive. And if you like to party, here's another story for no. you. <laughs> Brazil Wait, scientists developing a new vaccine for cocaine addiction. That's right. Oh, scientists yeah. in Brazil, the world's second biggest consumer of cocaine. I did not know that. We haven't done cocaine trivia yet. Mm. Uh, they have announced the development of an innovative new treatment for addiction to the drug and its powerful derivative crack. 
It's a vaccine dubbed Calixcoca. Calixcoca. The test vaccine, which is shown showing promising returns or re- results in trials on animals, triggers an immune response that blocks cocaine and crack from reaching the brain. Hey, hold up. Uh, researchers so what hope, does that mean? As much as you do, it won't ever affect your brain. So what's the it, point? It's blocking. Yeah, it's blocking it. So okay. it's kind of like those people who have a, you know, that isn't there an inj- injection that will um, help people quit, quit alcohol, right? Because the alcohol yeah. will make them feel ill. Uh, So researchers hope this will help users break the cycle of addiction. That's what they're trying to do. Put simply, addicts would no longer get high from the drug. So what's the point, right? You're not going to spend money. If the treatment gets regulatory approval, it will be the first time cocaine addiction is treated using a vaccine, uh, said psychiatrist Federico Garcia. Although the thing is, most of the people I know who do cocaine are very affluent individuals. So I don't think they will, uh, I don't think they'll be going for that vaccine. They'll just be going for their COVID-19, if you know what I mean. Interesting. But it is interesting. If yeah, if you could if you had a horrible time battling addiction to that and you could take a vaccine that would make your body not feel it. Like if you want to quit. Yeah, then it's why would you know, why wouldn't wouldn't you do that? Yeah, I just don't know any people who do cocaine that want to stop. I I think isn't cocaine kind of passe? No. It's not? (laughs) No, okay. Oh, people are still doing that? Hey, if you okay. want to go to a club, well, maybe not in the Richmond. It's a little sleepy out there. That might be more your heroin out there. <laughs> uh, but you go to any club in the city and uh, every every five, ten minutes, hey, I'll be right back. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, isn't it about oh, the, um, isn't it about the, what are the pills that you take, the, the, the ones that make your sex life better, the erotica pills? I thought you were going to say Viagra. <laughs> uh, <laughs> make your sex life better. Ecstasy, yeah, the ecstasy and all that. It, it, there's a whole menu. No, oh, okay. Yeah, take it all, uh, do it all. Although we can't uh, glamorize a drug, we probably already got demonetized. I didn't think yeah, about that. Yeah, it's true. Okay, Sorry. let's move well, on. Well, you're the one that put the cocaine story I know, in, but I, it was medical. I accept no responsibility. We're not, we're not supposed to be demonetized <laughs> if we're informing the public, and we're informing the public, Mr. AI. <laughs> Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll do a little trivia. And John is really creative. He he's he's chosen a coffee tea theme. So when we come back, we'll do some coffee tea trivia, and I hope you'll play along with us. Back. Are you saying you need to run to the bathroom real quick? No. The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute ten, fifteen, or twenty dollars a month, it would keep this party a rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. Thank you so much for being with us. We want to thank all of our ongoing contributors and our super sticker people for today. Wes with five, Harry with uh, five, I believe. Yes. And yes. Spencer with five as well. Go Animal Stories. It, it's in Peru also. Awesome, Spencer. Thank you for the uh, the contributions to the show. Really appreciate it very and much. We want to thank all the ongoing contributors yeah. to the show. Uh, that's really the backbone. Those automated um, monthly PayPal contributions are keeping us going. Thank you very much. So um, very let's much. do, uh, we're going to do a stimulant trivia, right? Keep it going. 
It's all about the caffeine, my friend. All oh, about the caffeine. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you have some coffee because you're a coffee drinker. Yeah. I am a tea drinker, so I have some tea. Yeah. So we're doing something different. We're doing coffee and tea trivia. Right. This is innovation, Kim. So this is good. Why don't you kick it off? Okay. So we'll start with coffee trivia. Ready for it? Yes. Alternating layers of lady fingers soaked in a coffee liqueur combo with mascarpone, that's how you say it, right? Mascarpone, cheese, mm-hmm. and chocolate gets you what uplifting Italian dessert? Tiramisu. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's <laughs> the only time I'll ever eat coffee is tiramisu. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's go with the tea question. You want a tea question? All yeah. right. Uh, which Natalie got six... it as well. Oh, did she? Awesome, Natalie. Uh, which of the six main types of tea contains the most caffeine? Oh, I feel like this is kind of a trick question because a lot of people don't think no, it's tea. What you, it's what you think it is. Are you sure? It's not green tea. Oh, well, I was going to say green tea because I thought I thought it was a technicality thing where it's like the most amount per you know gram or whatever. Um, it's not green got tea. It. It's black tea, yeah. And Pinky has it. Yeah, black tea has the most caffeine. Okay, I'll have to go back and do my research because I read something Of all the six main types of teas. Okay, we'll send that to the judges. Okay, uh, number two, a cup (laughs) of... I am the judges. Well, I remember Googling it and there was like a controversial back and forth thing. Oh, not Uh, again. What? Uh, Not again with the controversy. The trivia controversy... No, I was talking about the article I read that there was controversy over people arguing over it. Kind of like this right here. Yes, dear. (laughs) Moving on. You want your beach theme. You got it. Everything's blue. You got all the blues. Uh, A cup of drip coffee with a shot of espresso added is called what? It's also a word used to describe. Oh, this is going to kind of give it away. Do you want to try it without the. Americano. No, wrong. I'll give the I'll give the the uh, clue here. Latte. It's also a word used to describe an overnight flight on an airline. Red eye. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't have gotten it without the second part of that. No. Americano would be um, your espresso with hot water. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is something to order if they're like, if the coffee's not working or like say you want a decaf, but they've run out of decaf, just ask for Mm -hmm. decaf Americano. So it's close enough. Um, Because Americans during, I think it was World War II or World War I, they went over to Europe and they didn't have what we call coffee, right? That's not really a thing in Europe. So in a, yeah. in Italy, they turned the espresso, added hot water, boom. Bop, 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 Americano. All right, you ready for a tea? Yep. A tea question? Traditionally, what time of day is tea time in England? Is it 1 to 3 p.m., 3 to 5 p.m., 5 to 7 p.m., or 7 to 9 p.m.? What's tea time in England? I was going to say four, but I'm going to go with, uh, what was it, three three to something? One to three, three to five, five I'm gonna to seven. I'm going to go with three to five, because after five seems a little late, caffeine-wise. Mm. Not three to five? Um, you're going to, what, three to five p.m.? Yeah. That's what you're going for? Uh, the answer is three to four p.m. That wasn't one of the questions. So you got it right. You got it right. <laughs> I'm like, now you have the trick question. It's revenge. Yeah. Okay, good. I got it. Yay. Uh Okay, what chocolate-flavored drink gets its name from a city in Yemen that was once the center of the coffee trade? 
Say it what, again. What chocolate flavored coffee drink gets its name from a city in Yemen that was once the center of the coffee trade? Mm. Once you get it, you'll realize it's really easy. Kim got, or uh, Colleen got it first. Mocha. Oh, mocha. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Tea, tea Gun Gunpowder tea, I've never had it, is so named because, one, the leaves are rolled into pellets, two, it has high caffeine content, three, it was used to smuggle gunpowder, or four, it's highly flammable. Can you go through the options again? Mm-hmm. Uh, gunpowder tea is named this because, one, the leaves are rolled into pellets, Two, it has a high caffeine content. Three, it was used to smuggle gunpowder. Or four, it's highly flammable. I'm going to go with the sexy answer. I think I'm going to go with smuggle. Even really? Though I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm wrong, but I like that mm. answer. And the answer going with it is too. A, it's because mm. the, that's a hard number one, Natalie. Yeah, it's because the leaves are rolled into pellets. They look like little bullets, I guess. Oh, okay. I, I knew balls. I was going to be wrong, yeah. but I, I like the sexy answer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Back to coffee, which is more my domain. What Canadian coffee and donut franchise was named after a professional hockey player who died in a car crash in 1974? What Canadian coffee and donut franchise was named after a professional hockey player who died mm. in a car crash in 1974? If we have any Canadians in the audience... They all get it. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Colleen is uh, Tim Hortons. Oh, winning okay. today. Awesome. Tim Hortons. Yep. So this one is about which country, and this is I've gotten into trouble with these questions before, but I'm just gonna say, which country's population drinks the most tea per capita? Oh, geez, here we go again. One UK, <laughs> two India, three Russia, four Turkey. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is tough. UK, India, Russia, Turkey. It's got to come down to UK or India. And I don't know. Current day, I don't, a lot of young people in the UK don't drink tea, but tea is everywhere in India, everywhere. So I'm going to go with India. I'm sorry, but that's not the right (sighs) answer. Jim Slayton has it. Jim Slayton knows it's Turkey. Really? Oh, I guess yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I guess I won't tell my mom because we're we're ethnically uh Turkish. I should know that. Um tea is huge in the Middle East. Duh. Um yeah. not a tea drinker. Uh Holly Golightly enjoys a pastry and coffee while gazing into a shop window in the opening scenes of what classic nineteen sixty one film? Breakfast at Tiffany's. Wow, that was quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, either you know it or you don't. It, that's one of those, you know? Yeah. Um, true or false? Tea can only be grown in alkaline soils. True or false? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go true because I have no idea. False. Teas can hey. also... Or, teas, <laughs> that's false. Teas can only be grown in acidic soils. Okay. Yeah. Who knew? I didn't. <laughs> okay, what portmanteaued beverage term was initially developed, named, and trademarked by George Howell's Massachusetts coffee shop chain 
before eventually being acquired by Starbucks in 1994. What is it? What portmanteaued beverage term, so two words put together, was initially developed, named, and trademarked by George Howell's Massachusetts coffee shop chain before eventually being acquired by Starbucks in 1994? Frappuccino? Yeah, I was going to say you would know it once you know it. All right. Yeah, Frappuccino. Otherwise known Um, as a diabetes milkshake. Yeah, totally. Uh, Kim got it. True or false? Other Kim. Kombucha is a kind of black tea. Kombucha. I think kombucha is like a lot of stuff mixed together, like fermented, but I'm going to say yes. It's probably based on black tea. True. You are correct, sir. Mm-hmm. I got one. Yay. Okay. Uh, the world largely grows two different species of coffee. Give the name of either of the most popular species of coffee. Someone's going to know this. Two species, species of, of coffee. coffee. Yeah. Like every every cup of coffee you've had. Hmm. Oh, Arabica. William says Arabica. Someone, Arabica, Sandy yeah. says Sumatra. Sumatra. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, Colleen's saying it's portmanteau, but they, in this question, they turned it into a, a verb. So they uh, huh. they added an ED. Hmm. Okay, what kind of herbal tea is a popular energizer in South America? This drives me crazy because my daughter drinks this and I've, I'm trying to get her not to, so I'm Say not it buying it. What kind of herbal tea is a popular energizer in South America? Yerba mate? Yes, that's right. Yerba mate. Mm-hmm. Yep. John Watson. John Watson's answer. Cocaine. No, John Watson. No. What sweet? Well, we have a dairy... vaccine for that, so it's okay. <laughs> what sweetened dairy product is commonly commonly used to make Vietnamese iced coffee? We're looking for two words here. What sweetened dairy product is commonly used to make Vietnamese iced coffee? We're looking Ice for cream? two words. New. No. You're on the right track. You're on the right track, baby. I don't know. Sweet dairy product. Dairy product. Half and half? That's three words. It is condensed milk. Oh, Sandy got it. Yeah. What were the first tea bags made of? Let's see. What, what material was... was used to craft the bag the tea bag? I'm guessing it wasn't paper. Was it like burlap? That's a really good guess. I love the way your mind works. Sadly, that's incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was silk. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were made from silk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Colleen, I'm not a French speaker. I'm just reading it as it's in the the question. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Don't need to argue about that. Okay, uh, next question. Agent Dale Cooper declares the coffee at the Double R Diner a damn fine cup in the first episode of what cult classic TV show? Agent Dale Cooper declares the coffee at the Double R Diner a damn fine cup in the first episode of what cult classic TV show? And Pauline got it. Twin Peaks. Okay. So interesting. 
Uh, what component of a traditional European tea set is used to discard cold tea, tea dregs, and tea leaves? What do you call the piece of the accoutrement that you, uh, what component of the tea set, of the traditional European tea set, is used to discard your cold tea, your tea dregs, and your tea leaves? Um, the filter thingy? Mm-mm. That's a technical term, filter thingy. No. Nope. Anybody know it? Lori's saying strainer? No. I'll tell you, it's called the slop bowl. Slop yeah, I'm not going to get that. Bowl. It's the slop bowl where you put all the crap you don't want. Sandy says that's a hard one, Kim. Was and it? I oh, would I'm agree sorry. Sandy. I would agree uh, Sandy. I, hey, if you have a traditional uh, European tea set, you would know, right? Apparently we don't. Um, <laughs> Spencer says weed. I'll accept it. The first known instance of banning coffee was in a Saudi Arabian holy city in 1511 as the drink was believed to stimulate radical thinking. What oh. was this anti-Joe city? Saudi, it was Saudi Arabia this yep. that happened in? The first uh, known right. instance of banning coffee was in a Saudi Arabian holy city in 1511. Was it Riyadh? Nope. Was no. believed to stimulate <laughs> radical thinking. And William has it. Mecca. Okay. Mecca. Nice, Nicely done. We don't need that radical thinking. They have You're not own. in Mecca. You really have, have to own, know your Saudi geography. They have their own radical, radical thinking in yeah. the Middle East now. They don't need coffee. They've got in tea. In what decade was bubble tea invented? In what decade? Mm -hmm. Bubble tea. So that's the one with the tapioca. I think so. Yeah. And I think it it's comes also from, known as boba, but it's also called bubble tea. I think it comes from, I want to say it comes from Taiwan. Uh, what decade was it invented? Yeah, I'm stalling. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to go with 1980, but I have a feeling I'm wrong. It's you are absolutely 100% right. 1980s. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like yeah. it when you say that. And I'm out of questions. <laughs> okay. Uh, I had one more. Oh, uh, what are the tapioca pearls in bubble tea more commonly known as? I kind There's of already gave you name. the answer. Bubbles. Yeah. Bub it's boba. boba it's boba, boba. yeah yeah, mm -hmm. boba. yeah and then also queen elizabeth ii was known to enjoy a cup of tetley's lady gray with milk each morning is that true or false i'm sorry could you repeat the question queen elizabeth ii was known to enjoy a cup of tetley's lady gray with milk each morning is that true or false i'm gonna say true it's false. She liked Twining's Earl Grey best. Oh. And the last one I have is, what is the most uh, popular tea sold in the world? Most popular tea? Mm-hmm. And, and think brand. What's the, uh, the uh, brand Lipton's. name? That's right. You got it. Yeah. That was an easy one. Easy peasy pumpkin squeezy. Oh, wait, because I got it. It was easy. Yes. <laughs> I about to say I redeemed myself, but no, you got to deflate my, my joy. My moment oh. of joy. Okay, let's uh, let's jump back. Uh, you had this. I, I started to uh, promote this. Uh, the, there's some mm. ice shelf that's been mapped. This is really interesting because they haven't been able to see what is under some of these massive ice shelves, right? Until now, because scientists and researchers are using 
um, ice-penetrating radar to map the landforms underneath some of these massive ice shelves. And now, this ancient landscape hidden underneath the East Antarctic Ice Sheet for at least 14 million years has finally been revealed. They used satellite data, they used ice-penetrating radar, and remote sensing techniques to map out 32,000 square kilometers, 12,300 square miles of land, which basically is about the same size as the country of Belgium. But they discovered this landscape formed by rivers prior to the continental buildup of the East Antarctic Ice Sheet. It would have once resembled the hills and the valleys of present-day North Wales, is what they're saying. So that for the first time, they've been able to chart what was hidden beneath the frozen layers, and they're calling it an important chapter in that story. The land underneath the East Antarctic ice sheet is less well-known than the surface of Mars. And that's a problem, according to researchers, because that landscape controls the way the ice in Antarctica, Antarctica flows, and it controls the way that it might respond to past, present, and future climate change. So it's really important for us to understand what's under there to know which way the ice, the water will shift and what will happen. Because it's well-preserved, it's very special. The scientists say it's rare to find relatively unmodified landscapes underneath a continental ice sheet. Normally, the movement of the ice, uh, it fluctuates in size and moves, would erode and grind down the old landscape. But in this case, that hasn't happened. So kind of cool. They, have, they can see exactly what's under there, all the valleys, everything. They can map like the future destruction of the world and how we're That's all right. going to be underwater. You can see exactly who's <laughs> screwed first. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. Uh, well, let's go on to some happier news um, here. Uh, oh, music he looks and, joyful. Yeah, music and medicine. Listening to your favorite songs can reduce pain, but not on YouTube because you'll get a copyright strike. Mm -hmm. This is based out of Montreal. Grab your headphones. Listening to your favorite music can alleviate pain. A new study from our friends reveals that a patient's Preferred music effectively eases discomfort without the need for medication, enhancing an individual's ability to cope with physical pain. Songs... Is that because it's distracting? Well, let's find out together, Kim. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Songs, Sorry. recitals, or performances that participants favored significantly outperformed generic clips of relaxing music in reducing comfort. Researchers in Canada explain that hypoalgesia, a decreased sensitivity to pain, arrives when there's an interruption in the pain stimuli transmission from the point of entry to the brain, brain's conscious re recognition. So the new study aimed to determine which musical genres uh, reduced pain perception most effectively. So it's it's interrupting it at the that the in the brain, like the communication's getting interrupted. Oh. So in our study, huh. we show that favorite music chosen by study participants has a much larger effect on acute thermal pain reduction than unfamiliar relaxing music. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting note. Um, so that's pretty cool. In, in their experiment, participants felt moderate thermal pain on their inner forearm, akin to holding a warm teacup against the skin. Uh, do you think Queen Elizabeth did this? This Speaking pain tea, was then... As long as it was twining Earl Grey. <laughs> this pain was then paired with music segments, each around seven minutes long, at the Roy Payne Lab at McGill University. You know where that is. Yeah. Con uh, Contract... Contrasted with generic music or silence, participants' favorite music tunes substantially diminish both the pain intensity 
and its associated unpleasantness. Hopefully, wow. unfamiliar, relaxing tracks did not yield the same results. So, so that's you have cool. to know the music and love the music. Yeah. Yeah. They all say, in addition, we use scrambled music, which mimics music in every way except its meaningful structure, and then therefore can conclude that it's probably not just a distraction or the presence of sound stimulus that mm -hmm. is causing the hypoalgesia. Oh. Uh, pretty interesting okay, so study from the study you, people. If you're trying to alleviate your pain, what music are you choosing that you enjoy? Your top pain relieving song is? Mm, I like the band Keen. I don't know if you're familiar with Keen. K-E-A-N-E. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah um, I like all their music. Alternative rock kind of stuff, right? Yeah, but it's like kind yeah. of, um, I think they use the word dream pop. Kind of like, yeah. you know, how like Coldplay was described as, but it's, um, yeah. it's, uh, they don't have, they don't have a drummer. They don't have drums, which is unusual for a band. Hmm. Um, but it's the kind of album where you can listen to the whole thing through. You don't have to yeah. skip any tracks, kind of like Lauryn Hill. Um, but that's what I've been listening to uh, lately. I think I would probably go for, you're going to think I'm such a girl. Probably go for Sarah McLaughlin or okay. Whitney Houston, like okay. the songs that I know all the words to, yeah. you know, that I don't, that I, yeah, have you ever I'd seen Sarah McLaughlin perform? I have actually. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Did she wear shoes? I saw her. She came to the radio station where I was working and I sat two feet away from her while she was singing songs right in my little studio. Did she wear shoes? Uh, she was shooed at that time. Yes. Okay. We saw her at the mountain winery, yeah. you, know, you know, down in the South Bay. Yeah. She Saratoga. Was not, yeah. She was not wearing shoes. No. Very, very, very relaxed, very informal. That's she's a very really, beautiful spot to see a concert. It is. And she's really good in concert, I will say. Um, yeah. Let's shift to this one. I had not realized this. We're a big Harry Potter house. When the kids are sick, the what they would love to do, their their best day is a Harry Potter movie marathon. So are you going down to that San Rafael display? I might. I think we might actually go down there and check it out. But there's a new documentary that uh, the young man who played Harry Potter, his name is Daniel Radcliffe. You can see him there standing. He's made a documentary about the man in the wheelchair. And the man in the wheelchair was his stunt double for 10 years on Ooh. Harry Potter films before a horrible accident in 2009 on the set of The Deathly Hallows Part 1 injured this man and left him paralyzed. His name is David Holmes, and the documentary is called David Holmes, The Boy Who Lived. And it tells the story of Holmes, who was a gymnast and, again, served as the stunt double for Daniel Radcliffe for 10 years, and what happened to him on the set and how his life has been ever since. So... After the accident, Daniel Radcliffe and all of the stunt people rallied to try to support David and his family. They talk about his spirit of resilience uh, that has become their greatest source of strength and inspiration. He says, being a stuntman was my calling in life, and doubling Harry was the best job in the world. The film tells the story of, he says, not just my achievements in front of the camera, but the challenges I face every day and my overall attitude to life after suffering a broken neck. Wow. Yeah. All in the name of making movies. But and the imagine... movie was The Deathly Hallows? That's D that Deathly Hallows Part 1. Yeah. That was, yeah, that's kind of ominous. Yeah. I just wow. didn't know that there was an injury that happened associated with that movie. 
Yeah, so I guess they kind of kept it that, hush That uh, documentary, by the way, if you're interested, it debuts on HBO November 15th, and then it'll, after that, thereafter it'll be available on Max. Um, so yeah, it'll be streaming. You'll be able to see it next month. Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of streaming, um, there are a lot of people that are upset that they can't stream things because there is a SAG after strike. And uh, I went to the first rally at City Hall a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and we thought it would be resolved by now, but there was a call for a second rally. And since they don't have a lot of, there aren't a lot of actors up here, um, they need the, the bodies, they needed numbers. So it's, you know, it's a mm-hmm. quick 10, 10, 15 minutes away from where I am. So I went down and I got a, I got a free t-shirt. I got a second shirt, but uh, it's kind of cool. You know, I've never, uh, even though I've been in uh, in uh, unions, I've never like actually been in a rally and before this and, you know, held up a sign and actually been like a picketer. But anyway, I took video clips and I put together three short clips. First one, you're going to see a chanting uh, and it's really cool to chant and get people honking. You know, the UPS drivers drive by, the DHL drive by, they're honking. Um, and then there's an actor and who speaks uh, and then uh, Senator Scott Weiner. Uh, who showed up at both rallies. So here, check this out. When I said, what do we want? You said fair contracts. I said, when do we want them? You said now. What do we want? Fair contracts. When do we want it? Now. What do we want? Fair contracts. When do we want it? Now. PTP will never replace actors with AI. No one wants to see Good Morning America interview AI. There is no 12-year-old kid anywhere that has a poster of an AMPTP executive hung on their wall. Thank you for being part of, beyond this industry, this broad movement of workers to say that we aren't going to take it anymore. That there has to be change in this country, that we have to have uh, an economy that supports workers so that people can actually afford housing, so that people can afford to raise a family. That's what this fight is about. So keep on fighting. Thank you, everyone. I like, I heard you chanting there. Yeah. The you, you're doing very well. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. I've tried, you know, I'm working on my chanting, acting, background chanting. Yeah, really good. Um, and you've been an extra in some things, haven't you? Yeah, I was actually an extra extra in um, a ABC miniseries that was filmed partially filmed there in City Hall. So that's uh, to answer somebody's question. That's San Francisco yeah. City Hall. Yeah, um, it was the ABC miniseries uh, When We Rise, which was based off of the Harvey Milk movie Milk. Oh, okay. Um, and I was in, I think I was in nine scenes that were filmed, and they cut it down to I think I I made it I made four scenes. Four scenes actually made the movie. Pretty good. It's it's it's, it's it's pretty cool just to be involved to see the right. production and how they do things. And, you know, I've, I've been a producer long enough to detect chaos mm-hmm. and it was totally chaotic. And what I realized is they weren't remembering to email everybody, all the extras to show up. So I just showed up every day. And because yeah. I showed up every day, there were a handful of us that they just kept using. Yeah. And because this series was filmed over the course of five decades, I kind of appear like a vampire because I never age, <laughs> but I go from like seventies <laughs> hair so all of a sudden, it's like I got the 80s suit on, and then in the, I've got like a faux hawk in the 90s. It's pretty, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And I ended up in um, People Magazine. Uh, there was awesome. a publicity shot, and uh, people were like throwing Ew. ice at me at the bar. And like somebody at KG was like, I saw you in People Magazine. I'm like, oh. You're I've like arrived. Mark Thompson Jr. This is great. <laughs> I've been in You're a bunch kind of, of things as deal. extra. As an extra, I've been on, uh, I was in an FX reality show, and, uh, like a bunch of, a bunch of little stuff. So it was yeah. cool. Yeah. Awesome. 
Um, one of the first places that I took my husband was up to Sterling Winery in Napa. And mm-hmm. they have up there, you go on the, used to be, you'd go on the gondola right. up to the winery. And the views are amazing. The wine is good. And it's just a oh, special fancy. event. Well, it is now because the gondola burned down during the glass fire. Oh. And for three years, you couldn't get up there. But they rebuilt everything. And now it's brand new and shiny and sparkly. You can see the Sterling Winery gondola trams. It is a new fleet of trams three years after the glass fire have just reopened. And it's really, really cool. It um, it officially opens to the public on Sunday. But Monday, there was a preview that introduced the restored gondolas, 360-degree panoramic views of the Napa Valley and surrounding mountains. Sterling reported the uh, reportedly the only winery in the world reached by tram like this. And it's on- the only one in Napa Valley, which makes it kind of a really cool spot to take tourists and family because it's so, I don't know, just the way you have to get there is so interesting. And the views once you're up in that gondola are really cool. Uh, Cal Fire were among the first members, uh, guests that were welcomed up there. And that is so applicable. The winery officials credited them with saving Sterling Winery. It was founded in 1964 by Peter Newton and Michael Stone. Today, it's owned by Treasury Wine Estates. But they say without Cal Fire, there might not have even been anything to rebuild. No trams to go to anywhere. So So, so how does it work? Do you pay admission to the tram or does it come included with like a... It used to be free. It used to be you could take the tram up to the winery for free. And it was only if you wanted to taste that you would pay for a flight of tasting. So I don't know if that's still the way that it works, that it's still you can just go up there and walk around for free. Looks like you have a homework assignment, Kim. I think I might Might have have to drive up. Yeah. So um, might have to go up there and take the new tram. Anyway, I'm glad to see it. And I love that they, the first people they thought of to kick off this, you know, to check it out was Cal Fire, that they, they had them up there for that. That's nice. Yeah, I think that was that was yeah. a good idea. It's funny, when you say Sterling, I think Don, Don, uh, Donald Sterling, the guy who owned the Lakers. Oh, really? Remember the one who had that weird girlfriend? Yeah. And the weird when, I say anyway. st- when I say Sterling, I think Sterling Silver. Okay. Well, you know, you're Kim yeah. Calton. you're kind of fancy well you know it is what it is well that was a fun show was that it yeah it was great i loved it i hate when it's over well you know the good news is once it's over that means we get to go make another show and then come back tomorrow i love it We'll do it tomorrow. Thank you, Wes. Thank I'll write you, it. You'll write uh, it. Harry. And then we'll do it live. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you for contributing to the show. Thank you for everyone for hanging out with us in the chat. If you can click the like button and the subscribe button on the way out and then join us right back here tomorrow. We'll see you then. Until uh, that happens, have a great afternoon and enjoy your Thursday. Bye, and John we'll see you on Florida tomorrow morning. Woo-hoo. Okay, bye-bye.